God is good. All the time. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning and to bring the word of the Lord. Uh, definitely, I'm not John Bagel, the lead pastor. <laughs> who, who am I? Uh, many people introduce me in different ways, and I enjoy the way they introduce me according to what they want to say about me. The Sudanese ladies always will introduce me as a book's husband. <laughs> and I love that because a book, as many of you know, is my mentor, is my co-worker, not just only my, my wife, a book and I, we minister together. And how I wish she could have sung a worship song this, this morning. She was not able to, to do that. I asked her that I, will, I would love to hear her sing and worship the Lord. I go to places to speak, and if a book is not there, they will say, why a book is not here? <laughs> so I guess I don't mean anything <laughs> without, without a book. But also in some uh, settings, Sudanese settings, they will introduce me as, uh, when they say, who is that? They will say, oh, that's Dr. Lam's uh, brother. Oh, that's uh, Molana Ioannis' uh, brother. So I think also I take some of my identity from, from my brothers and what they have done to, to my country for worse or for good. <laughs> uh, I carry uh, their name also with, uh, uh, with me. Some Sudanese also in the fellowship, they introduced me sometime as uh, the resident pastor. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> what is the resident pastor? But really doesn't mean much who I am. What means a lot to me is what the Lord has done in my life. And how he has turned my life upside upside down. Lately, when I was in Australia, I was invited to speak in a church, and the pastor of that church is a colleague of mine that I have known for a long, a long time, from the high school days. He was a catechist in one of the Episcopal church in a small town where I live. My brother was a judge in the town. And that man loves Jesus very much. And every time during the Christmas days, they will have the fray and go around the city singing all the Christmas courses and joyfully and, and loudly. And one time I was talking to him, I said, what's all this about? Why don't you just sit in the church and sing? Do you have to go around the uh, the town and make all this noise. That man didn't forget that. So when he introduced me in his church when I was in, uh, in Australia, he said, this pastor that I'm going to introduce to you today, one day as a young man was very annoyed 
and confronted me that it didn't make sense to him that we can go around the town singing Christmas chorus. And he said, can we just sit in the church and do that? And he said, I'm glad that today is more crazier than me and he's going around preaching the gospel. <laughs> Are we crazy about Jesus? How much do you love Jesus? And what are you ready to do for him? This is our message today. This morning, is, uh, Pastor John has introduced the thesis of this book. The thesis statement of the book of Galatians is chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. And there it says this. We who are Jews by birth are not Gentile sinners. Know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Jesus Christ that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law. Because by observing the law, no one will be justified. So he made this statement that the justification by faith alone is the statement that Paul is making to the people in Galatia. So the Galatians churches, this should be what they should focus on. But then what the problem then? Why are we getting to the section that we are getting into today? At the end of that thesis, in verse 21, Paul says this, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness began through the law, Christ died for nothing. So if righteousness can be gained or can be obtained by observing the law, then Christ died for nothing. And he tells the Colossians, the Corinthians, if Christ died for nothing, then what we have preached to you is false and you are dead in your sins. So did Christ died for nothing? That's what it is. If you're going back to observing the law, then you are setting aside the grace of God. You're moving away from the grace of God. Then Christ's death means nothing to you. And that's why today we're getting into a new, uh, a new section. Because Paul, knowing that Christ died for something, and that means a lot to him, he has put his faith in Christ. And he can say, have been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ lives 
in me. You cannot make such a statement unless you know that Christ's life is death and his resurrection is everything to you. And if this be everything to you, then you don't need anything else. That's all what matters. So now why are you talking about observing the law? Why are you trying to go back to the law? That's what we're going to look at this morning as Paul has already made the statement and Pastor John has argued for that statement. Today we're getting into the support of this statement. What support this statement that justification is by faith alone. So that's what we're going to look into uh, this morning and John also will continue that because that will take us from chapter 3 verse 1 today to chapter 4 verse 11. It's different support of this argument. And the support today is the personal experience of the Galatian churches. How do what they experience as churches support this argument that they don't have to observe the law because they have been justified by faith alone. Let's go to the Lord and pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your grace. We pray that those who know you will have the discernment to test the spirits and refute the false gospels. Equip them to go make disciples from D.C. here to the end of the earth. We pray that you will soften the hearts of those who have not committed their lives to you, to Jesus as a Savior and as a Lord. Father, we pray that today every knee in this place will bow and every heart will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. So let's open our books and look at the, at the progress of, of the events here. Then we'll make three points and then look into some insights and applications of, this, of these points. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you 
because you observe the law or because you have believed what you have heard. So Paul here is trying to bring back the church or the churches into looking back at their experience, their testimony, what the Lord has done in their churches. And he's saying foolish Galatians. The word foolish is a very strong, very strong word. But Paul here, as we saw in chapter 1, he said, I'm really astonished. I'm surprised. I'm wondering that people like you can quickly turn their back to the gospel and believe in something that is not really gospel. What's happening? And now is getting more concerned about the spiritual life of these churches. And he said, at this point, I look at you as foolish, foolish people. You must be foolish if you can just walk away from what you have experienced, what the Lord has done in you to look for something else that is not even a gospel. It's not a good, a good news. It's just people teachings. So what's wrong with you? And he said, perhaps you have been, you may have been bewitched. Maybe a spell or, 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 or unclean spirit has influenced this in your, in your life. Because this is not normal. People cannot go through what you have gone through and turn quickly uh, that way. This is not normal. So what's, uh, what's happening? And now we want to, to bring them back into their testimony and into their experience by asking them some questions. And in answering these questions, they will come back to the point that, yes, indeed, justification is by faith alone, and we don't need to observe the law. Or we don't need to add anything to, ju to that justification, because when we add something to that justification, is a way of saying that the work of Christ is not complete. But Christ has complete everything. And on the cross, he completed everything and he said, it is all finished. So, so what's happening? Why are you, why are you going back? So he's asking them some questions. The first question he said, if, before he asked them the question, he said, when I preached Christ to you, I didn't preach anything 
other than Jesus' life, death, and his resurrection. And it was in a way that as if you yourself were standing at the Calvary, as if you were there when Jesus was crucified. And God has moved and sent his spirit amongst you. And he has done a lot of miraculous signs to support that message that we preach to you. So it was life. It was not just theories. The Trinity has cooperated to bring this message to you. So do you remember the cross that I preach to you? Do we this morning remember the cross of Christ? Are we really into what it means to be crucified on the cross for us, that Jesus was on that cross? Is the cross of Jesus, is crucifixion the center of our spiritual life? Pastor Bill used to say that you look around this sanctuary and the crosses are everywhere. We are surrounded by this cross, a symbol that it is what is in our heart that makes us the cornerstones. So may we not be foolish by moving away from the cross. So he said, look, look at the cross and how it was, it was preached to you. It was amazing. It was beautiful. And that's what you need to look into. So the cross of Christ is the first thing that he wanted them to remember, to look back at that cross. And it is the cross of Christ today that will keep us in our walk with the Lord. Always looking back to the basics. Looking back to the beginning. I don't know what your testimony look, look like. But these people have experienced the cross of Christ as if they were there. The message came alive to them. And they were into this faith, into this belief that yes, justification is by faith alone. And then now, he asked them also a question about, do you remember when you received the Spirit? So this, this is a church that have received, or these are churches that have received the Spirit when they came to know the Lord. Are not 50-50 who are not sure. These are people real who were sure that we had the message and the message was confirmed by the Spirit in our lives. 
And he said, do you remember this spirit and what it did in your midst? Now I want to ask you a question. Was that because you have done some work? Was it because you were working hard? Or is it because you believe the crucified, the crucified Messiah who have risen for you? And of course he knows that their answer is they didn't do anything to receive the Spirit. So if you didn't do anything to receive the Spirit, but you receive it by faith, then you should know by now that justification is by faith alone. So don't be foolish. Don't be bewitched. Don't be quickly changed into a different, a different teaching. And then now we ask them again, okay, if you receive the spirit by faith, then now it will make sense that also you should walk by faith. But now you are trying to walk in the flesh by observing the law. So does it make sense to you that you begin in the spirit and now bring it to completion in the flesh? It doesn't make sense. So if you began in the spirit, then now you should continue to walk in the spirit. And unless we didn't experience the work of the Spirit in our lives, this will not make sense to us. Because you will be wondering, what is Spirit? Is he talking about? That's not my experience. But I want to tell you today that the work of the Spirit in a believer life take a different form. We look for, for certain very dramatic manifestations of the spirit like speaking in tongues and, and other things. And all these are beautiful and these were part of the experience of this, of these churches. But that's not the only way the spirit the spirit works. The spirit of Christ come into our life when we receive Jesus as our savior and as our Lord. He come and, and be in us and we become his dwelling. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit, the movement. We come to the Lord. So whether something dramatic happened or nothing happened at all, the Spirit is there in your life. And the Spirit was there in the life of, this, of these churches. So if the Spirit is in your life and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, then you must walk by faith and not by sight. So are you trying now to walk by sight 
Are you trying to, to add to what the Lord, the Lord has done to you? Okay, then what about the miraculous signs? What about all these wonders that God has done to you? Who gave that spirit? If God gave the spirit and did all these miraculous signs in your life as churches, and it was by faith, not by sight, then you should know that the justification is by faith alone. Because there is nothing that you did. So he's God who gave the spirit. And he's the spirit who works in your life. And he's Jesus who died. So this will become yours when you believe in him. So the cross of Christ and his death for our sins, his burial and his resurrection must be the centrality of our faith as a church. That the center that we all should stay in and not move away. So how much of the cross do people hear in our churches and in our lives? Does the cross take the center? Or is it something that's avoided that we try to talk about the other blessings that came as a result of the cross but stay away from the cross. Jesus is just a mere good teacher if we take away his cross. What makes us different is that we believe that this, this cross as ugly as it is is the center of our faith. Is the center of our redemption and we should have more, more of it. I read the testimony of a pastor and he said that uh, he was invited to go and speak in a church and he went and he preached and when he finished preaching the pastor, his friend who invited him made a personal comment to him when they were talking. And he said, it seems that the cross of Christ has little space in your ministry and in your preaching. He said, when I came back home, I look at that and I start to study more the cross of Christ and to preach more about the cross of Christ. And he said, that changed my ministry. The cross of Christ may be foolishness, 
may be offensive, may not make sense to many people. As one time I was talking to the Imam of Dar al-Hijrah, and when I talk about the cross, he will quickly change the topic because he didn't want to hear the cross of Christ. He wanted to tell me that, yes, I believe in Jesus as a prophet, but he didn't want to accept the cross. So let's not shy away from the cross of Christ. Let's talk more about the cross of Christ because it is this cross that was preached to the Galatians that make them who they are and that make Paul concerned that these people who have accepted the gospel are now walking away from that gospel. So I pray this morning that we will exalt the cross of Christ and gaze upon the cross and seize its beauty in its message because it is the good news. It is the gospel. Not what we have done, but what God in Christ have done for us. That's the good news. Everybody's trying to do some good works, but we're not doing good works. We love God not so that he will love us. We love him because he has already loved us and sent us his spirit to dwell, to dwell in us. So it is this cross that brought these people to the Lord. And it is the spirit that sustained their walk in the Lord. But now because they are moving away from that testimony, they're moving away from the very point that proved to them that justification is by faith. Now they're becoming foolish. Because what they're doing now doesn't make sense. And Paul said they have been bewitched. Who bewitched them? The teaching of the Judaizers in that time. The Judaizers were teaching that the Gentiles are not complete. Their redemption is not complete until they observe, they observe the law. So it is the law that will complete them. And when I look into this, it is not really to me that the law will complete what the Spirit has started. But it was convenient for them because they want to fellowship with these Gentiles and they cannot fellowship with the Gentiles without being defiled. So they have to find a way to clean these Gentiles so that they will be allowed to fellowship with them together. So they're looking for what is comfortable to them, what is good uh, to them. And if it takes these people to be circumcised so that now we can feel comfortable to be around them, let's, let's do that. 
but the cross of Jesus is sufficient. And we have our own modern days Judaizers. We have a lot of teachings around us. There's a movement that teaches in uh, Islamic countries what they call Islam. Islam is bringing Christianity together with, with Islam. And they are encouraging the converts to continue to practice their Islamic rituals and continue to be in the mosque to be accepted in their communities so they will not be persecuted. They will not be excommunicated from these communities. So let's, let's, let's bring Islam and Christianity together. And as a result, they have to even rewrite the scripture by watering down some verses that talk about Jesus as the son of God because that's very offensive to the Muslims. We don't want to tell them Jesus is the son of God. We have to look for a way to try to tell them what does it really mean when the scriptures say Jesus is the son of, the son of God. What about the cross that they deny that Jesus was not crucified? Then now we have to find a way to walk around this cross. Of course, the prosperity preaching and all this is obvious and clear to the church. But it is these other Judaizers, it is these other modern teachings that are taking people away from the cross of Christ, taking them away from justification by faith alone to look into other things to add in because their communities doesn't accept that justification is by faith alone. So are we tempted to make compromises so that will be accepted in the culture? Are we putting cross in the center of our culture as a church of God? in this place. Will everybody who will come to Cornerstone here every Sunday hear about the cross of Christ? Will they hear about it in all our meetings, in all our testimony, in all our lives? That's what matter to us. Only by faith in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the truth. I am also the way and the life. I'm the bread of life. I am the living water. I am the savior. Nobody can come to the Father except through me. We can compromise and send people in love to perish, but we can stand strong on the cross of Jesus 
and save many lives. Because that's what the Lord has done. So today, we want to come to Jesus. If you already have committed your life to Jesus and you know him, and you know that you have surrendered to him, and you can say with Paul that I have been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, then I ask you to go out and make disciples. Is spread the teaching of the gospel. But if you're not sure, then I pray that today you will call upon the Lord. And has he blinded Paul on his way to Damascus to open his spiritual eyes by sending Ananias to pray for him and fill him with the Holy Spirit. I pray that the Spirit of the Living Father will come on you today and that he will open your eyes to see the cross, to surrender your life to Jesus. Because justification is by faith in Christ and it is by faith alone. Let's pray.